Hey everyone, Christian and I welcome you back to another episode of Mondays with Mindy. Hi everybody, welcome back to the show. Today's episode features a conversation with journalist, correspondent, and editor Alina Cho. Born and raised in Vancouver, Washington, she is not a Canadian. Hmm. American. (laughs) Uh, Alina earned an MS from Northwestern's University Medill School of Journalism and a BA from Boston College. She also holds an honorary doctorate from Old Dominion University for her contributions to journalism. Wow. Early in her career, she held posts at ABC and CNBC, but quickly moved to CNN, where she spent a decade as the national correspondent. And during her tenure there, she made two trips to North Korea, covered the historic first election of President Obama. Remember those days, Christian? Mm, They were good days. Yeah. And was part of the Peabody and Emmy Award winning team that ran and covered the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. She also hosted the network specials Fashion, Backstage Pass, and Big Stars, Big Giving. She is currently a contributor to my favorite weekly must-see TV, CBS Sunday Morning, where her story about Sting and his wife, Trudy Styler, just won an Emmy. Yes, I voted for it. Wow, congrats. Uh, She also, yes, hosts a lecture series at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York called The Atelier with Alina Chow, whose past guests include, of course, Anna Wintour, Donatella Versace, Vera Wang, and her dear friend, Michael Kors. She also serves as editor-at-large at Ballantine Bantam Dell, where she is responsible for acquiring and editing fashion and lifestyle books, including the memoirs of Donna Karen and Tommy Hilfiger, two books with Jessica Seinfeld, and a nonfiction book with my dearest darling, Jill Kargman. Hmm. Alina currently lives in New York City, and while she and I share many an acquaintance and friend, we actually connected during COVID as regulars, dancing away online with our friend Marjorie Gubelman, Mad Marge, her <laughs> dance parties. They're available on Twitch, by the way. And of course, on social media. Yes, even I have become a little bit of a slave during this time to connecting people on social media. Yeah, it's kind of normal. Yeah, I know. I'm glad to be normal. (laughs) The new normal. The new normal-ish. That's right. That's right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to meet and have a conversation with her. Help me welcome to the show, Alina Cho. Hi, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? This is so crazy, Mindy, because, you, well, as you know, I'm not used to being interviewed myself, and I'd like to be doing the interviewing, frankly. But I, I am so excited. Well, you can interview me when uh, I come to New York, and we can have an Perfect. interview over lunch or something. Perfect. So Perfect. that will happen. Perfect. But no, I'm excited to get you on this side of the microphone oh, for sure. Me too. Great. Yeah. So we start each podcast by pulling some random questions. We do about five. We don't do about five. We do five. I, I I like your Jonathan Adler flaws, by the way. Or <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Johnny. I know he's a good friend, right? Yeah, we love him. Yes. Yes, he and, and Simon. Simon. That's right. Okay, Alina Cho, how do you unwind or unplug? Oh, I mean, this is terrible to say, but like so many other people these days, I kind of I get on Instagram and just, <laughs> I do this. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad. I also read. Is it? It is and it isn't. I mean, you know, I learn a lot. <laughs> but I also but I also read. I read a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I read a lot for work. Um, and I read a lot just, you know, if I can't go to bed, I just open a book. And for right. some reason, <laughs> you know. It'll, yes. It'll, Good right? night, Irene. It puts you right to sleep. 
That's an interesting, uh, because you do read so much for your work. Is it hard to read for pleasure? No. The short answer is no. The the longer answer is that I tend to like to read fiction because my work life is so rooted in real life. And and so I read a lot of fiction. I just read Sex and Vanity by Kevin Kwan, who Mm -hmm. wrote Crazy Rich Asians and the trilogy, you know, China Rich Girl, whatever. Anyway, um, yes, it, huge fan. It was a it was a fun summer beach read, and so yes, you know, yeah, I do. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. That's great. What's your favorite place in the world and why? Oh, I would say um, this little island in southern Italy called Capri, which maybe you visited. It's beautiful. And I was Why so is sad. it your favorite? You know, I always say it's the one place in the world where I truly am relaxed and unwind. I could leave my phone in the hotel room all day and, you know, I, I go on hikes. I I eat well. I mean, well, you know how the food is in Italy. It's beyond. Yes. And, um, you know, I'll swim, I'll hike. You know, there's a small group of friends who, you know, we all go at about the same time every year. And of course, we were super sad that we couldn't go this year. I tend to go in July. Yes. I was just going to ask you when this this jaunt happens every year. Usually July? Usually early July over 4th of July. I always say I'm there for two weeks and I spend 11 months and two weeks wishing I were there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kind of Is it a place that you see yourself spending more and more time? I mean, listen, in retirement, yeah. Right. I mean, who wouldn't want to spend a month or two or yeah. maybe the whole summer? Right. Yeah. You know, in Europe, I, ha- I have dreams about that. Sure. I've started to age into that age where now friends and I occasionally talk about, so like, what are we going to do? Right? <laughs> yeah. Those are kind of new conversations I've really started to have in earnest, you know? Especially now. <laughs> yeah. And I realize yeah. it's a little bit of a, I mean, I don't want to say it's a 1% problem or issue, but you know, you do start to think, okay, could I get a group of friends together? Maybe we can rent a home or something in Italy or France. It's like kind of Samoan where we'll have a long house and everyone will have their, you know, I mean, just being (laughs) single. Yeah, me too. I'm convinced my husband is out there somewhere. Me too. Uh, But just in case he didn't get the memo. (laughs) We have been talking about this kind of communal, you know, no one wants to not only age uh, by themselves or alone, but I, I like to live among people. So That's right. these are the conversations we're having and where are we going to do it? And, you know, I'm now going to put Capri on my list. So there it is. Well, there you come next year. <laughs> you come next year. In July. Oh my gosh. I would love that. You know, it's, and it, and it has that sort of feel because we have a small group of friends. We have all of our meals together. We go swimming and get on the boat together. And it's just, it's really great. And I really yeah. miss, I miss that. You know, I miss the travel. I'm sure you do too. And I'm, I just I miss do. being out in the world. Same. Right? And, and my group of friends too, we've been doing these big trips every year. And this is the first year we haven't gone and it's weird. It right. feels really, yeah. And really that was the genesis of your, your podcast in the first place, right? That you, yeah. you, you weren't spending yes. time with the people you love, your creatives. And, yes. and, and I feel the same way. I feel the same yes. way. Well, and also working, you know, not working during this time. I'm grateful I'm going back to work, but it's been so long that I realize I get fuel from talking to other creatives. 100%. Even those that I don't know, you know? 100%. Okay, so this is great. I mean, talk about serendipitous. So among your friends, what are you best known for? Oh, lately? Lately, my cooking. Oh. Uh, Elena. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, everybody, you got to check out these Instagram posts of Alina and her cooking. Okay. You're superb. Are you new to the cooking scene or did you just kind of just... 
I yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So 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 this is crazy. So I you know, pre-quarantine, could barely boil an egg, could barely make toast. And every time I would go in the kitchen, like if I was cooking for like a date or something, I mean, I was terrified. But then all (laughs) of a sudden I couldn't go to a restaurant. My mom has been with me this whole time. And so I wanted to, yeah. And, you know, honestly, she, our birthdays are in March and she was here um, for that period. And she was about to go back home to the West Coast when the world shut down. Yeah. And so she's been with me this whole time. And she left the apartment for this so that I could have some quiet time. <laughs> oh, tell her thank you. But I love that you've been with someone and I yeah. love that yeah. it's been her. That's yeah. one. That's lovely. And I'm sure it's been great for her. So partially I learned how to cook so that I could feed us. And she's, of course, having the time of her life. She's like, I haven't cooked for six, <laughs> seven months, you know. But I learned really on YouTube and um, and through cookbooks. And, you know, Ina Garden's a favorite of mine. You know, yeah. the Barefoot Contessa. Of course. The usual suspects. Martha Stewart, um, <sighs> Jessica Steinfeld. But, you know, you've been pulling it Thank off. You. So you, were you uh, her editor, her we mentioned that in the intro, Jessica's two books. Were those her cookbooks or no? So in name, I am, uh, I suppose, still an editor at large at Valentine Bantam Dell, right. which is a division of Random House. And I was brought on initially to procure books in the fashion space. So right. I helped um, get Donna Karen uh, to write a memoir, Tommy Hilfiger. And then I just, I thought, well, why don't we sort of broaden things out a bit? And um, so I looked to people who I knew and really respected, like Jill Kargman, like Jessica Seinfeld. And I thought, well, why not try to get them to do books too? And so that's how that happened. No, I didn't. Oh my edit, word. I didn't edit the books. I basically brought them into our house, so to speak. Got it. I yes. oh, got it. No, yeah. listen, there. Yeah. She's an she's an incredible cook. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, Alina Cho, what assumptions or assumption do people make about you that are wrong? Uh, <laughs> I think some people who don't know me or maybe who have just seen me on television, maybe you get this too, or maybe not, but um, because you're so friendly, but I think people think that I'm unapproachable, which is my excuse for still being single. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I, I might steal that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm totally unapproachable. That's the problem. But, yes. Um, but I think, um, I think anyone who knows me, and and certainly my friends, are always like, "You're so normal," you know. And I like to think I am, and I like to think I'm friendly, you know, when you get to know me. Um, but I think sometimes, whatever they, you know, they have this impression of you when they don't know you, right? I mean, you you, yes. you dealt with that. Right. Or yes. people always think you're happy. Right. Yeah. So that's the feedback that I've gotten, by the way, yeah. of being single, is that apparently I uh, project and present like I'm already taken. I, and I've always been that way. Very yeah, yeah. independent and yeah. very comfortable in my skin, even when I'm not. You know, I, I'm an actor. I that's perpetrate right. a fraud very easily. That's right. <laughs> and so that sort of sense of self, a couple of my straight guy friends have said to me, you totally present like you're married already. Yeah, most people think that I am too. Same. It's very unusual. And lately I've been getting the whole, um, well, you know, if you're gay, you can just come out. And I thought, first of all, have you met me? (laughs) I've been a fag hat since I was 13. I mean, if I was gay, I would have been out with, you know, rainbow flags on my bippies. I mean, it it should only have been that. Yeah, right? I think you, didn't you tweet about it? I think I saw you. So many times. And I always want to say, 
when I get that, first of all, being gay, there's nothing wrong with being gay. I'm not saying that, oh, but right. you know, I am very heterosexual and, um, <laughs> I find that misrepresentation is, is harsh because do they ask Tracy Ellis Ross? I mean, there are so many of us, I just want to say, um, that I know in my life that are single, never been married, don't have children. Successful. Or straight. Attractive women. Successful. Yeah. And it, it's it's very interesting. I feel along with ageism, there's this kind of little secret group that we have a little prejudice against us mm-hmm. a little bit. Or maybe I'm just getting like old and cranky. Well, the question I get all the time, uh, which, which is fine. I, I don't necessarily take offense, but the question I get yeah. all the time is, so how many kids do you have? I don't know if you get that. How many kids oh. do you have? Because there's an assumption that I'm married with, with right. children. And yes. and that's not to say that I, I wouldn't like that. Of course, you know, it would be great um, if that happens. That I still hope it, it does happen. Um, but but I'm not. It will. It's not there it yet. Will. Yeah, same. No, it will. I always tell people and it's really true. It's very rare that you can get to my age and never have experienced something yet. Right. And the fact that I haven't experienced marriage yet, I find that very exciting. Yeah. Well, I find, I and, and maybe it's that terminal optimism that I have, but I, you know, not a lot of my friends can say, oh, we've done everything. We've just done everything once already. And I haven't. So I, I still find it very romantic, very exciting. And we're not meant to be not paired off. I'm convinced. So it's happening. It's happening. Something to look forward to. That's right. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, okay. And finally, <clears throat> Selena, how did where you grew up uh, or where you were raised develop your aesthetic or did it? Well, that has really more to do with my mother than anything else. I mean, my mother, when I was growing up, was super into fashion. And um, and I remember coming, we, we'd go out shopping or something and we'd come home and she would say to my dad, look what we got on sale. And my dad would say, mm, but how, didn't you still spend that? <laughs> but I just remember my mom really always being into it. And, and also, and it's interesting because now I've actually sort of, we've morphed into having very similar tastes. So really, there, yeah, sometimes I'll buy a dress like she's currently out walking about Manhattan right now in a dress that that I own as well. But she saw it and she said, oh, I think I'll want that, too. Yes. So in terms of my look, uh, yeah, I mean, my my mom was probably most formative, you know, but I just I, you know, I love fashion, as you know, I've covered fashion for for many, many years. And, and it's just something I've I, I, I just have a passion for. And um, so, so there you have it. No, it, it's same. I mean, not by looking at me, but what's so funny is no, I, I, I can I'm, tell. Oh, well, Mickey and I, you know, used to get the look of just like, you know, how did Mindy Cohn score front seat next to Becky Boardman? What is happening <laughs> at this? Good. Right. And I, no. I have just been a fan for so long. I just love everything about it from the textiles to just the artistry of it. Right. Um, and I do, it's wearable art um, it is. in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just a huge fan. I, I freak out more, not at meeting either a, a famous actor, but like a, a fashion designer. Oh, interesting. I, oh, really? I have their tag on the back of my neck. I go yeah, a little yeah. crazy. I have a little flop sweat for sure. <laughs> well, but yeah. that's because you, because Hollywood is your world. 
right? Yeah. Maybe. So yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm other just... way around. I mean, I, of course, get super excited about meeting a celebrity. If it's, if it's somebody I'm a fan of, certainly, right? Of course. Yes. So, yes. I think just yeah. anybody doing their thing at that yeah. level yeah. Really well. is exactly. very impressive. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So I, I want to kind of do a deep dive into your creative process, whatever that means to you, because you do so many different things, not just straight on journalism, but what inspires you? What sort of makes you say especially in the current job you have now as a contributor on CBS Sunday, what inspires you? What's like, I need to tell this story? Well, you know, it's interesting because we alluded to this earlier, but I'm really inspired by other creative people and my friends. It was interesting because I'm always pitching stories to the executive producer of the show because that's how you get on, right? You get on on with your ideas, just like you would a show or whatever. So I noticed that after a while, like I wasn't generating as many ideas during quarantine. And I thought, why, what's going on? Like, has, is my brain in a fog? Am I I don't know, am I depressed? Like I couldn't figure out what it was. And I realized what it was. Suddenly like a light bulb went out, went off. And I realized that I wasn't around people and I feed off their energy. I feed off their ideas. Um, I, I just being out in the world and I get some of my best ideas from my friends. We'll be out to dinner. Um, I'll be at a Marjorie Goobelman Sunday brunch <laughs> and, you know, our mutual yes. friend. And we'll be talking. I'll be, t- I could be talking to anyone. And suddenly something will go off and I'll think that would be a great story. And so I'm seeing a few more people now, obviously. I'm mm-hmm. in my little bubble and that's, right. that's super helpful. But yeah, I feed off of other people and just being out in the world. Um, that's mm-hmm. how I generate my ideas. I mean, obviously from reading too, but but, um, but right. mostly, from, mostly from other creatives. So give me your top three and I won't hold you to this. It's We're in a, we're in a time <laughs> bubble. Um if you could sit down and sit across from, give me a few of your top five, top three people you would want to do a story about on Sunday. Who do you want to talk to? Who I'd love to interview? Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Okay. Um, this isn't in any special order. Uh, no. But, but I would say um, maybe someone like uh, Meghan Markle and, and <laughs> Harry. Oh, um, heck yes. Yeah. Right. Um, people who are really in the zeitgeist who, who don't give interviews. So, I mean, of course, every, everybody's going to say someone like the Queen of England, you know, <laughs> or like, yes, like yes. you know, I, you laugh, but I find her so fascinating that I, I know why she's on everyone's list. I mean, exactly. what an incredible woman yeah. who's lived the life she's lived. Forget even that she's royal. It's exactly. just the who she's seen and sit across from exactly. the last 90 years. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think. You know, I would love to, um, I mean, because of what's going on right now, we're on the eve of the election, really. I'd love to sit down with both Joe Biden and President Trump. I have a few questions for both of them. Hmm. Yes, I bet you do. Yes, as I think we all. But it would be so nice, I especially feel in this time. It's so funny. My friend and I were just having this conversation, Alina. It would be so nice. There's something about, unfortunately, it was under crisis. But when the Clinton sat down with 60 minutes, when Mm -hmm. I I like those personal get to know you, even though we think we know everything about these people, we really don't because they're not asked about their personal life and their views on certain things. It's interesting because I I, uh, had the great honor of interviewing President Clinton um, years ago, but it was when I was doing a show for CNN called Big Stars, Big Giving. And it was really, um, it came out of the financial crisis, just like your podcast came out of 
quarantine because there was so much bad news at the time. Of course, it seems yes. like so provincial now compared to what's going on. But, yes. <laughs> but, but there was the, or what's you know, to come. Yeah, that's right. So there was a big, you know, the big financial crisis of 20, 2008. And I remember one of my friends saying to me, you know, every time I turn on the TV, it's bad news. Can't you do something that's good news? And so I pitched this idea to the network about doing a show about very well-known people who were doing great things in the world, mm-hmm. you know, in philanthropy. And so mm-hmm. that's how I was able to interview people like Nicole Gidman or Halle Berry or President Clinton. And I will never right. forget, we, of course, President Clinton, who's famously always late, right? So he was late <laughs> yes. for the interview. And then his staff very kindly whispered in my ear, you've got 20 minutes. And 45 minutes later, he mm-hmm. was still talking, right? I mean, which wow. is no surprise. And, and his staff was like, Mr. President, we've, uh, we've got to go. We've got to go. Yes. And so he says, okay, okay. And so the cameras go off. We're thinking he's out the door. As the crew is breaking down, he's talking to all of us. Wow. I mean, this is his appeal. Right? Yes. So yeah. he's talking to all of us about how at the time he had just become vegan. And he was talking about how I said, is there any particular food you really miss now that you're vegan? And he said, I'll tell you something, Alina, I really miss. I'll have like a little bite of turkey at Thanksgiving. And, <laughs> and then I really miss frozen yogurt. And I said, frozen yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so that, so was random. My, that was my one presidential experience. But it was a, it was a biggie. It was a good one. Was I like your one. imitation of that experience too. I know that was it's pretty brilliant. Accurate. <laughs> Not a terrible Clinton no, impression, no, right? It's, Not it's pretty no, Not <laughs> awful at all. Do you miss hum of yes. of working at a CNN versus? what you're doing right now? Oh, of work. Uh, you mean being just in the thick of the news and everything? I mean, yes. So there are days that I miss it, certainly. And, and I, and I certainly am keeping track of everything. I read everything. I watch everything. Yes. But it can be, um, hard on your life sometimes. Um, but, but I, but yes, I mean, I guess the, the short answer is yes, some days I do. Um, but, Mm -hmm. But what I get in return from working um, CBS Sunday morning is that I'm able to do these incredible in-depth pieces um, yeah. on subjects and people who I really care about and I'm passionate about. So yeah. that part is really great. I mean, you know this, Mindy, you know that eight minutes on television is a lifetime. And to be able to have that kind of real estate, yes. if you will, is a real gift. So, Well, and I have to say my, my Tony friends who have made it on, <clears throat> you know, a segment um, have always said of all the things, including the awards they have received, whether it be a Golden Globe or it's when you book a segment on CBS Sunday morning, oh, you've wow. arrived. Oh, that gives me the chills. Really? Oh, it's how we oh. all, well, we all feel. I mean, it's our, as I said in the intro, it's our must-see TV. I mean, it oh. has been uh, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for people who aren't familiar with the show, I mean, it is, you know, of course, you know, Mindy and, and Christian, it's, it's considered really the premier arts and culture show in the United States. And there's nothing else like it. So I think in that way, right, it's revered and, and fans of the show are real fans. And yeah, that's, well, and that's really great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad you watched the show. Oh, uh, religiously, Excellent. and oh, have okay. my my yeah. whole life. My yeah. my parents got me into it when I was a little kid, and at first I found it incredibly boring. <laughs> but then I kind of fell madly in love with Charles Corral. Little did I know that that's what was happening. I just needed to have my weekly fix of him. <laughs> um, 
but it really is the storytelling above all. I'm a storyteller. So it resonates with me. Of course, um, of course. And I also just feel, especially in this time, I think culture and society always needs it, but especially now. We just, I don't know about you, but I crave it. I have not and have had to stop myself from watching so much news. I agree. Um, First of all, because it's so repetitive, truth be told. And our news isn't like I always equate like the BBC where you find out what's happening all over the world. We tend in America not to do that, which is a bummer. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, because I think people forget we're actually a piece of this bigger, bigger pie. That's right. And I think I think the reason why CBS Sunday Morning is so popular, especially right now, is because we are seen as a respite from all of the craziness in the world. It's a it's a safe space, <laughs> you know, yeah. yes. and, and yes. um, uh, you know, I don't it's not all happy news, but right. it's always in depth. There's always something in the show that will bring you joy. Mm. And I think that that there's something special about that. Yes. Well, and if we can't go to concerts or fashion shows or or amusement parks or whatever else you're going to kind of get that thrill from, at least we can watch it for an hour and a half every week. That's right. And Jane Pauley's pretty amazing. I have to say, what a fit. Right. Right. At first, I was like, interesting choice, interesting choice. Boy, I mean, meant for it. Yeah. Totally meant for it. And, yeah. And yeah. And I is, hope she's enjoying it. It seems like she is. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. You know? It's but such she's a prestigious gig, but she's. And I'm, I'm such a fan. So to be on a show, <laughs> to, to have her say my name, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> such a big deal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have to say, as we said in the intro, Emmy award-winning piece on, um, um, on staying in, you know, I want you to know, yeah, I voted, by the way. <laughs> oh, you voted. My oh. little television academy, you know, chit on the box. Oh. Thank you, uh, Stories like that. No, but it's tr- stories like that. People we love and know for one thing, and yet we hear about their passions. Right. Uh, again, I find that so inspiring uh, that someone that already has such a passion for this and that, you know, Trudy for acting and and sing, obviously, for his music, have this other passion. Um, yes. I found yes, that really yes. inspirational. Yes. And they're there right now. They're at their home in Tuscany right now. And I think they just finished their harvest for them. So for people who don't know, Sting and Trudy, I interviewed Sting and Trudy at their home in Tuscany and they make wine and they make olive oil and they make honey there. And it's their real passion. It's their safe face. It's their happy place. And they've been there throughout quarantine. And I was just um, going to ask, so they've been there for seven months or six months, whatever. I think so. I think pretty much oh, wow. almost almost the whole time. And um, I think not a bad place to be stuck, but yeah. they're, um, no, although they're Italy was hit so hard. Yeah. In the right. Beginning, yeah. right. You know, in the beginning, in the beginning, so I'm, I'm glad they're maybe okay. they went later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might've gone later, but they're extraordinary people. And, um, it was what a joy. And, you know, we stayed in their home. Oh, we, did you really? Well, because O-M-T. there's, they're, they're on, they're in, sort of isolated, you know, yeah. there's not, there's not a lot around them. Yes. And so I think the closest hotel would, Whatever was was not close, and so just in order to, for practical reasons, to get our work done. I mean, listen, it was not a hardship. <laughs> no, no, I, I can only assume that it wasn't. Um, but how lovely! Oh, what a real great. treat! Well, and now it's, it's reaped. Special. 
you know, such a nice reward too, which I know is never a goal seeking mission, but it's still, it's a nice perk. It was, it was, it was really an honor to be a part of that show. And it was such a special show because every piece, as you know, was shot um, in Italy. And so Mm -hmm. it was, I mean, I I dream about doing that again, something like that. Oh, yes, definitely. So what's up next for you? Can you even get up the gumption to, to answer that yet? Is it, is it still too soon? So I was just assigned a story. I can't say who I'm interviewing, but um, of course, I can say that um, the plan is that it will air in November. And okay. it's um, somebody who is um, someone I really revere, uh, an, an icon, if you will, in his field. And I have to do a deep dive. His book is coming out. So I've got to read his book. And then we've um, he's a bit older. And so um, we're required to be COVID tested before I, I interview him. And so yes. I'm in a tight bubble right now. <laughs> No, and same. So, I'm going right, back to yeah. work. So it's so interesting to start practicing that, right? That's right. And so, but it's super exciting. Uh, I always like to do it. Sort of my approach with interviews is over prepare and then go with the flow. Yeah. And so, right. So you read everything, you know, your information cold, but then in the moment, you've got to be nimble, right? Yeah. You've got to be able right. to react and you've got to, and that's what makes our pieces on the show, I think, really shine and sing is when you're having, when you feel like you're in on a conversation, right? Yep. So that's, totally. that's what it's all about. So, But yeah. I think, and maybe I'm being verbose, but I mean, I, I do think that's part of the reason why uh, journalism and acting is so close in that it's all in the preparation, but that's yes, right. you have to be in the moment and spontaneous. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you have to be able to. Yeah, I love that about us. Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) Lots of similarities. So are you, do you have to travel for this story? Are you staying in the city? I'm not trying to get who it is, but I I mean, are you going to have to travel or... No, we, there was a, there was a thought that we might um, have to go to Florida to do part Mm -hmm. of the shoot, but, um, but as it turns out, we can do everything in New York. And so Great. given the moment, I think it's better. Uh, so get, we can get it all done and um, the viewers won't know the difference. Um, right. This person happens to have a very beautiful home in Florida and it would have been very nice to be able to be there to do one of the interviews. Yes. But 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 that's OK. That's OK. Yes. Alina, you kind of touched on this when you were just saying that. Do you find dealing with quarantine and COVID and some of these new limitations is it that much more challenging to really carve out an in-depth story? I guess I'm trying to say like, you know, we all have an expectation of ourselves that we want to reach to deliver a product or something to our fans, our guests, whatever it is. Do you feel like that's that much more difficult to do now to kind of reach your own standard because of there's these limitations or is it opening up new creative avenues? So yes and no. I would say in one sense, I, I mean, I love and Mindy, I'm sure you're the same way. I'm just Christian, you too. You know, you thrive on being with the person you're 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 working with, you're interviewing with, right? You've got that sort of energy that you can't replicate yeah. um, when you're doing it uh, over Zoom or whatever. But having said that, I think the viewers have benefited from us being more nimble, right? So we can do a yeah. Zoom interview from anywhere in the world, and True. and you're still getting a, a story. Of course, would it be better to travel to the location? Of course, of yeah. course. But right. but we're still getting it done. I mean, I, I will say I can't wait to be able to to travel again for stories. There's so many mm-hmm. ideas that I have that there was an idea that I had that would have taken me to Italy. Uh, potentially <laughs> just before the world shut down. And so that, that was scheduled for, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, a very good one. 
I tend to pitch stories in Italy and France. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I I look forward to the day where we we can drop the you know when we shut down. Yeah. Exactly. You know, little in parentheses. I look so forward, and I I think we're I think we're heading in that direction for sure. I do see I the light so. at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train. So I can't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, the week we've had. Thank you so so much. I have to tell you, you have been on my bucket list. I can't wait to connect with you in person. I know. Me too. Me too. I've just decided that, you know, we're going to just be new, very close friends, period, full stop. (laughs) I feel like you're a friend already. And I mean, it's, I think you're the first, I'm not kidding you. I think you're the first friend I've made on social media. We met on Instagram. I'm not kidding you. That makes me very happy. I love you already. I love you already. That makes me very happy. Well, I, I happen to like the company that you keep. Uh, so I think that was part of it too. We have so many mutual whatevers. Um, but anyway, I can't wait to see your next story. And we want to thank you so much for gracing us with your gorgeous presence. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Christian. It's been so fun. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, Alina Cho.